Bless you, Reverend Davis. We give honor to God, from whom all blessings flow. I greet you in the name of a risen Savior, Jesus the Christ. And I bring you greetings from God's house of prayer, where I serve as pastor. I say congratulations to my good friend in his absence, Pastor Minor. I love you, my brother. I'm praying for you. And of course, congratulations to you and your wife, your family. Thank you, Reverend Davis, for that introduction. To my colleagues, officers, members, and friends, it's just good to be here. I'm giving you a chance to look at me so you'll listen to me. When you get through looking, then you'll be ready to listen. Amen. I thank God for a friendship like his. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to get to work because I got a lot to say. And I want to rush through it. I don't want to keep you long. Thank God for these young people. Amen. Tremendous job. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for these young people. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn them to the Gospel of Matthew. I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why my Jesus cares. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. But oh, I'm glad, so glad he, 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 he did. I just had to get that out of my spirit because I heard it this morning. And I know somebody need to hear that. I'm glad. So glad. So glad. That he did. Matthew chapter 2. Down through the years. God's been good to me. I said, down. God's. I said, down. Oh, God's been good. Tell you that God. All of my life. I hope you're playing to have church with me. God's been good to me. I said, oh, God. I said, oh, God's been good to me. Tell you that God's really been good to me. Amen. Matthew, 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 Amen. Matthew, Amen. Chapter 2, very familiar passage of scripture. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to lift a few verses. Amen. You got these monitors on up here so I can hear me? Amen. Well, I'm very sound conscious as a preacher. Uh, the better your sound is, the better you can. When you can hear yourself with my style of preaching, then you can preach. Amen. I'm an old school preacher. Matthew chapter 2, y'all there? Yes. 
I know, I know you're a Bible reading teacher because my brother can preach and he can teach. And he really knows how to love on people. Uh, we met in Chrysler and it was an immediate knit as we had to work physically and yet labor for the Lord. And I thank God for his friendship. And then I thank him for the dinner. The other week he took me out with his cousin. Thank y'all. Amen. We enjoyed ourselves more than the food. There's nothing better than good fellowship. And I just thank God for the fellowship with Reverend Davis and his wife. Of course, Pastor Minor, his wife. And myself and my wife, and then Pastor Toes and his wife. And we just had a great time in the Lord. And I just praise God for my brother and how God has blessed him tremendously for his faithful service to this church down through the years. Amen. Matthew 2, you there? Begin at verse 13, the B part, it says, Behold, I want to start there. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Jump down to verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Verse 20, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother. And go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. The last verse, verse 22. But when he heard that Achilles did reign in Judea, instead of the room of his, instead in the room of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go thither notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. He turned aside into the parts of Galilee. May the Lord bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his word according to Revelation chapter 1, verse number 3 in the ERV. I want to label, label this and talk for a minute from the thought, living the dream, living the dream. Have you ever had a dream? If so, it can be very intriguing. And when I use the word or say dream, I'm not referring to a wish list or a vision board as certain advocate to set up. You see, there is a vast difference between daydreaming, having a dream, and a divine or God-given dream. You see, the word dream is found more in this book and chapter rather and book than any other place in the New Testament. Other passages of scriptures in the New Testament with this word are Acts 2 and 17 which said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, say of God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dreams, dreams. That's also in Joel 2 and 28 in the Old Testament. And the other time is found in the New Testament. This word dream is in Jude chapter 1, which is only has one chapter, and verse number 8. And it says, likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, defile Buys dominion and speak ignorant evil of dignities. 
Um, the first one that I read is, has a positive light, but whereas the second one is spoken about dreams in a negative way. But living the dream is defined by Oxford Dictionary as a lifestyle perceived to be wonderful and perfect. You see, some see this lifestyle as well-deserved success. Certain discovered it's a steep cost or price to pay as a character in this story later demonstrates. But you be the judge. You see, living the dream can happen in at least three ways. As the dreamer, number one, verse 13 records that Joseph had a dream. And to benefit from this dream, this head of the household must help guard the life of her child. He must help guard the life of her child. Not his baby, but her baby by somebody else. Well, that's like a pastor of the church. Whether you know it or not, it's his job to watch over another man's woman called the church. Yes. And as he does that, like Joseph, he cannot forget that his family must be a priority. And a lot of times, a lot of pastors and preachers get so busy looking after this other man's woman that he forgets about his own wife. He had to watch after or guard her child. Matthew 1, 21, 23, and 25 informs us that this child would be a son this lets me know that our gender is not discovered or we discover it at a later age, but it's determined at birth. You see, the doctor used to pronounce not a reveal party, but the doctor would announce the sex of the child. He would say whether it's a boy and it's a girl. Because as we all know, your equipment determines, I wish I had a church in here, who you are. You don't have to figure out if you're a man or a woman. Look down. It speaks for itself. You see, this male offspring is unique because He's born holy. And I believe that Joseph, help me Holy Ghost, groomed him to be a working man because later Jesus is referred to as a carpenter. And working is one way to reach a dream. But not here. God sent an angelic being to inform this God-fearing man through a dream were to take the child and his mother to avoid danger. Notice the order. To take the child and his mother. He does not say the mother and the child, but he says the child and the mother. He didn't say the mother and the child, but he said the child and the mother. He didn't say the mother and the child, but the child and the mother. Why did he say that? I'm glad y'all preaching with me. Notice the order. He wants us to know that the child is more valuable than the mother. Though she's highly esteemed for birthing Jesus, 
God's only begotten son and her firstborn will save countless souls upon confession of faith of him as Lord and Savior. That's Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. He is also the creator of the cosmos of the universe, John 1 and 3. And he also controls and created us because Acts 16 and 28 says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Joseph had a dream and he was instructed to go to a designated location. Why? Number one, because God told him so. When God tells you something, you don't have to argue with God. You ought to do just what he says, when he says do it, and how he says do it, and when he says do it. God said so. And number two, the reason was he had to go there because he wanted to hide Jesus. Notice that they must hide from a king who was in search of a newborn king. If you're familiar with the story, and most of you only hear it at Christmas, Herod threatened to kill all children two and under. And so they had to hide among people of color in Egypt. They had to hide among people of color in Egypt. And they had to stay there until this murderous maniac died. He had to die. Whether you know it or not, death comes in more than one form, and death is just more than, than physical, like many people think. And it's, always, it's not a bad thing, but death takes place in a lot of different ways that people don't never pay, may not pay attention to. Um, death takes place in a divorce. When people that say, I do no longer want to, there's a death that has taken place. Your heart doesn't flutter for them like it used to. And so you decide, somebody decides, to break vows that they made to the Lord that they said till death, not till I get sick of this person. Till death do us part. What people fail to realize in marriage, every day you're not happy with one another. People that I've been married 38 years, you know how you stay married a long time? Sometimes you don't argue, you be silent, and then there are times when you go in another room. Sometimes you get in your car and leave and come, come back. You can't, can't stay together 38 years and think every day we, oh, amen, praise the Lord. No, we both saved, but we don't feel saved sometimes. There's some situations that occur in a marriage, but you say it's for better or for worse. Through sickness and in health. I came last year to the installation, but I had to leave early because my wife had just had a stroke. And I wanted to make sure somebody would be there because everybody else was somewhere else. So I ran through here to congratulate him and left before I got a chance to speak to people. But I had made a vow through sickness. Not just health. As long as we both shall live. Divorce is a type of death. Not just divorce. Transfer on the job, the loss of a job, the firing of a job. Um, as I told you, Pastor Minor and I worked at Chrysler before they changed the name. Um, but anyway, the, when I retired, I don't miss the plant. I don't miss the work. It's two things I miss. I miss the people and the bonuses. <laughs> Other than that, I don't miss that kind of work. But that's a type of death that people fail to realize. Even retirement is a type of death. So Herod 
died. And his death and them going to Egypt is a part of prophecy being fulfilled about Jesus. See, that's a part of Joseph's role in living the dream. The only dream he lived was the dreams he had. Living the dream can be done as a participant in or of the dream. Mary's role required her to do mainly, well, the main thing uh, Mary had to do, I might lose some amens. I hope y'all say amen in here. Um, was to follow Joseph Lee. Thank you for the amens. Now let me help you. Um, it's hard for some wives to follow their husband. It's amazing how some wives can follow everybody else's husband. If you read the Bible in Ephesians 5, it says, and your own husband. Which lets me know she don't always follow her own husband. But I thank God that I look at Mary, she followed him without question. That when the Lord say we got to move, that means we got to move. She didn't say, baby, uh, I got all these friends and family here. We got all this here. No, but she, she followed him. It's hard for some some wives to follow their husband. And, and even it's hard for some saints to follow leadership. It's just hard for some saints to do that. But uh, thank God she followed her husband. And it's hard for saints to follow too, especially, you know, especially if you've been in leadership for a long time, it's hard. It's hard to follow when you've been in leadership. But I thank God that everybody's following the new pastor. Amen. So I can leave that out the sermon. Because whether you know it or not, somebody leads the pastor. We can't, I know it looks like we can do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. No, 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 no. Do, do you know if we mistreat y'all, God gets us? He'll keep us up at night. Um, you didn't treat brother or sister so-and-so right. See, we can't do you all like some of y'all do us. Because we have to recognize, see, I recognize that I answer, this fits right in here, to a higher, some people say, to a higher power. All of us got to an answer to somebody else, even the pastor. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, let's know Paul said, I got headship over me. Another part of his responsibility was not just to um, follow her husband. If you look earlier, I think it's in verse 11, you see that um, we find her in the house. We ain't going to talk about housewives. I ain't going to talk about that. I ain't going to talk about housewives. But we find, find her in the house. Not only do we find her in the house, but we find her caring for the child. Um, once upon a time, we used to train up children, but when I look at, I'm, I can talk about the church because I'm in the church and where I serve as pastor, so this don't have nothing to do with y'all, okay? But I watch how children train parents <laughs> rather than parents train children because I watch children talk to their parents and I said, if I did or said that to my mother, Y'all will be looking at a headless preacher. Because my parents trained me at home. So they didn't have to fuss at me in church. See, in church, if mama or daddy, uh, my daddy was a pastor, and I was one of those mischievous children. And just being me, one Sunday, my dad was just preaching. And I was out there just clowning. And my dad was just preaching. And I was out there just clowning. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the sermon, Reverend David, 
I saw my daddy standing over me. Why is daddy out here and he's supposed to be up there? You know what happened then, right? I got a couple licks, slammed down in the seat, and he kept right on preaching like nothing happened. And as if the whole church didn't see it, because when he went back to preaching, they went right on back to their amens. But once upon a time, we trained children. That's part of our responsibility. And discipline is a part of training. Discipline is love. If you don't chastise your child, you can't always correct them with words. Sometimes it takes a little bit more. But she was there with the child. And the other thing I noticed, not only was she in the house with the child training, but also I saw, whether you know it or not, um, if you remember, verse 11 tells us something real nice. That some wise men came and invested in him. Uh, since I'm visiting Macedonia and I may not get back, question, how much have you invested in him? I got any amens? Anybody in here invest things in the Lord? Uh, uh, Reverend David just talked about bringing your tithe and offering. If you trust God, with God, God trusts us to bring him what belongs to him. Uncle Sam don't trust you. He takes his off the top. And then he takes it every time you spend. You know, he already taxed you, but every time you spend, you get taxed again on what you've already been taxed on. Wise men invested in him, and I thought about that. I saw that because they were there, it lets us know, brothers and sisters, like Lot, Joseph and Mary were blessed because they were with Jesus. Jesus got all of this expensive stuff and his parents had to watch over his finances. He was a baby. He was an infant. You see what kind of gifts he got? He didn't know what that was at that age. But your parents had to watch the child's finances. And when I think about it, maybe God allowed them to bless Jesus because he was sending them on some trips. And maybe the baby's money funded the trips. You do know they went down in Egypt. You do know if you go anywhere, if you travel anywhere, it costs money. Then when you get to Egypt, you got to find housing. You got to have some type of shelter. Then you got to eat. And then you don't know how long you're going to be down there. And you got to stay down there until you get the green light to go. But God bless them. Jesus was so much stuff. And I think it helped to fund their, their travel. And when, they, and when they got down there, they were in Egypt, like God told them. They were down there for a while. And he had told them already what he was going to do. But then this dreamer. Have you ever been around some people that dream all the time? Y'all don't know no person like that? Well, I do. I know a person, one of the members of the church. He's always having dreams. I mean, he has so many dreams, it's ridiculous to me. But Joseph had another dream. And you can't discredit all of your dreams because some dreams, you have to differentiate if it's because you ate too much or is it because it's from the Lord. He had another dream. This dream was from the Lord, and he told him, hey, you can go back home now. This man is dead, like I told you. You can't come back till he's dead. And he went back home. And on his way back home, he heard that Herod's son was in charge. And when he heard that Herod's son was in charge, the Bible said fear came on him. And so when fear came up on him, it sidetracked him to decide to go another way. 
What I liked about that was at first I was saying, what are you doing? But when you really study the scriptures, you be sure, even though it was fear and he got sidetracked, it seemed as if God had already added into the equation that when I tell you something to do, you're going to take a misstep or you're going to do a misdirection and go somewhere else. And although it seems that he's off course and off track, the Bible says when he does what he does, he ends up in Nazareth and he fulfills prophecy. Shout, shout, shout. Shout, shout, shout. Do you not know there's some stuff we done that we didn't know that God already knew we were going to do it? That it didn't make sense to us? And we were violating what God told us to do? Oh, I guess y'all are holy in that. I, I haven't always been perfect. I haven't always been saved. And even being saved, being a pastor, I don't always do what God tells me to do. I hope I ain't the only one in the room. At least I can't admit to the fact. Sometimes I think I'm smarter than God. Because God, as a lot of our young people think, y'all think God didn't know what was going to be going on now. As if he accidentally made his world. But God already knew about all the technology, all the social media, even before it comes into existence. So God is not fooled by anything or anybody. And so sometimes when we make dumb things, we end up in the will of God. Why? Because he's always looking out for us. I wish I knew somebody in here that said he's always looking out for me. Is he always looking out for you? Yeah. If you don't mind, just say, he's always looking out for me. Yeah. Think about it for a minute and say, he's always looking out for me. Have you really gotten your car sometime and, and you, don't, you, you, you don't go your regular route? And then when you get to your destination, you discover in your regular route, an accident took place. And you were wondering, why did I go this way? Because God was steering our lives even when it doesn't feel like he's at the steering wheel. This man still fulfilled the dream. Because living the, the dream can be done by um, somebody that's required. Well, the last thing the third thing I could say, living the dream, you can live it as the protagonist. Joseph had all of these dreams. And see, most of us, we grew up, most of us, grew up, we're growing up in a selfish society. It's even in the church. I watch church and I listen to church songs. Most church songs now about me, they ain't about God. God is blessing me. God is giving me. God is having his way. God is doing this for me. What, what happened to the us? The church is the us, not a me. We used to sing songs where we say God is blessing us. Not just blessing me, but we're in a selfish society and we're taught to be selfish. The one thing that I hate about us as a people, have you all looked around and see how all these other cultures are working together? Think I'm kidding. Look around every other culture except us. Watch the two things that they do. They work together. Not only do they work together, they live together. Not only do they live together, they respect their seniors. Not only do they respect their seniors, they respect their women and children. But our society, our people are the only one that we downgrade one another and we on our way to heaven. We don't love each other like we, you know, once upon a time, we had neighborhoods where we can trust one another and love one another. But now we got this selfish religion I got it and I don't care if you get it. That's not what the Bible teaches. We ought to love one another as a family. 
There shouldn't even be any jealousy in the church. There's jealousy in the church. If you think about 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, when Paul's talking about preachers and how the church is divided over preachers. You ever read that? You ever studied that? Have y'all ever figured out? Paul said, listen, there's one person over the church. I know we got different names. I know we got different locations, but there's one God. God ain't coming back for Baptist, Lutheran, Apostolic, and all those other denominations. God is coming back for his church. And what you need to learn to get along here, not just as the church, but as a body of believers. Our people get more than one car too many, one house too big, one room too many. And then we start looking down on one another. Because God has blessed you. You ought to want to be a blessing to somebody else. Our world will never be together until we, as a people, and I thank you, men, especially we as men take our role in leadership and stop allowing women to lead us. But we're supposed to be the leaders and help our young men to teach them to carry themselves in a manner that's pleasing to God at all times. Let me get out of the sermon. I stayed way too long. And the reason I stayed too long, I, I should have told y'all at first, the quieter you are, the longer I preach. I'm trying to make sure you get it. It, it. When you react with me, I know you got it. If you don't, that makes me go another five minutes. I could have been through 15 minutes ago. Listen. Joseph dreamed. And he dreamed about the main character. He dreamed about the Lamb of God, Jesus, who was ordained to walk, talk, work, and live out the dream. But Jesus even couldn't do it until the right time that he was permitted. That's Galatians 4 and 4. Listen. These scriptures showed me that dreams affect each of us differently. You see, these God-given dreams were designed to do three things. To guard, to guide, and to gift. Did y'all get that? These dreams were designed to do three things, to show us what God does. He guards us. He keeps dangers seen and unseen. You heard old folk used to say that. But he guides us. Let Jesus lead you. He's always guiding us. But then he gifts us. Do you not realize that you are a gift to somebody? You don't see yourself as nobody's gift, do you? You're somebody's gift. God wrap you up and serve you to your spouse. Question, how do you treat your gift? Not only did I discover God gifts you as a spouse, but he gifts you as a friend. Somebody needs to know that you're there with them. See, a real friend will be there with you like a marriage. I thank God today that God has blessed me with countless pastor friends. I don't like to say this because if I start saying the names, I was preaching one time at G-Hop and I named the name and a few of them showed up in the sanctuary and everybody was looking at me. I didn't call them. I just said in the sermon that God has gifted me with friends. If I call them, they coming. I don't abuse or misuse them, but I love them. And they know whatever they need, I'm there with a listening ear, and not just a listening ear. You need a friend there that's there that got some greenbacks. Hello? You need a friend that will help you in the time of trouble and not broadcast to everybody what they've done. 
God not only gives us as friends, but God gives us to our nation. Some people are national leaders. Martin Luther King was gifted to the nation. Whether you know it or not, not only that, he gives you to the church and uh, organizations. We want to get to what I was getting ready to say. Not only does God give you to the church, but he's gifted your pastor to the world. It's sad when people fail to realize that a pastor, the book says, is a gift to the body. So many people are so stuck that they don't understand. It's just not your pastor. What people fail to realize, why well, I see pastors lead one church to another, because when one church don't want to do anything, they sit down and just want to come to comfortable pews, no longer witness, no longer visit the sick, feed the hungry, clothes the naked, do the things that God assigned us to do. A pastor gets frustrated. And what God does is, because a pastor always has vision, because without a vision, people perish. Without a vision, people get comfortable and think it's all about coming in here. Coming in here is designed to give you instructions and encouragement for when we go out there. Your pastor is a gift. Jeremiah 3.15 said, what God gives pastors according to his heart. What do they do? Feed us in knowledge and understanding. Yeah, you may vote on your pastor. You may not vote on him. But whether you know it or not, God knows who's the best person for the job. He knows who can handle leadership and who needs to be a follower. God knows the difference. I know you might think you're a leader, but you may not have what God. See, God looks on your heart, not your gift. A pastor is a heart gift. It comes from God's heart. That's the book. That's why we can love you the way we love you because we come from his heart. He's a gift. He's a gift. And so we just came here today to thank God for the gift he gave to you, Macedonia. One year of faithful service. And although he's not here, if you don't mind, can you let him hear you saying thank you, Lord? For one year of faithful service as a pastor, thank you all. I thank God for those of you that cook with, that comply. Thank you so very much. Because pastor, what what do a lot of people know? Not pastors need encouragement, especially new pastors. Since I'm seasoned, I can talk a little bit different. Because I know y'all Negroes and how y'all act and how you talk. Mm -hmm. Let me say a few things because I may not get back. See, I know how people act. Some people, some people would talk to the pastor and won't talk to his wife. Then some people don't want to be pastored by the pastor, so they always feed the wife and don't talk to the pastor. Yeah, it's from experience. And then there's some people that don't talk to the pastor, don't talk to the wife. But they say things around the children. Just 26 years of experience and being a PK. My daddy, my daddy pastored Little Rock before Pastor Jim Holly. So I know how folk act in the church. See, we want, to, we want the pastor's children to be perfect, but our children can do everything. Not here at Macedonia, them, them other churches. But your pastor needs to be encouraged because God planted him. And his main support should be those that sit up here with him. God elevated us to be up, not down. Either you're for him or you're against him. And let me warn you, it's a terrible thing to be against the man of God. I'm through. Thank God for your pastor. One year. 
preaching and teaching, the Bible said he's worthy of his hire. And don't ever let your pastor make sure you always bless him financially whether or not he wants to receive it because that's your responsibility. He, he, no, no, he didn't pay me for that. No, no, no. That's how you get blessed. You don't cut off your blessings by making him say, no, I'm not, no, 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 no. I discovered that around the corner at Burnett Baptist Church before they turned, turned, changed the name. I did everything Reverend Minor did around there. And we kept robbing our pastor. I know everybody think Burnett Baptist is such a grand church and one of the richest churches. No, it's not. It's a church that lives by faith. And the pastor did a lot of things. And we kept borrowing his money week in and week out. And I was on the executive cabinet. And we voted one time, no more. Pastor, we're hurting ourselves because we keep taking from you. And when we, when we made the decision to make sure that he got paid every week, the church never had a problem with finances. Because we discovered that when you do what you're supposed to do towards your man of God, God will do what he's supposed to do. Always make sure that you bless him. I have members at God's House of Prayer that when they get broke, you know what they do? They come to my house and drop money in the mailbox and say, Pastor, I needed some money, so I sold into you. No, I don't need you sowing me. I need you to give your tithes. We said, no, but when I sow into you, I get a profit's reward. And there's never been a time that members did that where God didn't bless them because they honored the word of God, and God honors his word. This man has been preaching for a year teaching. If he preaches and teaches, the Bible says he's worth what? Double honor. Amen? I'm out. I stayed way over. I thank God when I saw Jesus living the dream. What you may not have gotten from the sermon, so let me make it so you can understand it. Living the dream does not happen the way you think. Most people think living the dream is going, everything's going to come my way and I'm going to live it up. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm saying when you get in Jesus, he'll show you how to live it up. Remember what I said at the beginning? Some of you forgot. Remember the definition I gave you at the beginning? Anybody remember? You forget? Okay, I'm going to take you back to the beginning. I'm through with the sermon. Wonderful and perfect. The lifestyle of living the dream is what? Wonderful and perfect. The lifestyle of living the dream that people say is wonderful and perfect. When you're with Jesus, the Bible says, Isaiah said he's wonderful. He goes on to say in Isaiah 9 and 6, he's wonderful and he adds other things to him being wonderful. But not only that, Hebrews talks about him being perfect. 2 and 10, 5 and 9, 7 and 28. In the Amplified Bible says that he's also perfect. When you're in Jesus, you're living the dream. Living the dream does not mean I'm happy every day. But living the dream does know, recognize, make me recognize that I'm in him. And whatever I need, he can supply. So I thank God that I'm in, in him. Now, the only reason I'm in him because I accepted what he did over 2,000 years ago. Y'all know the story. He went out there on the hill and he died for our sins. They hung him high. You know the story. They stretched him wide. For me and for you. 
he died. But that's not how the story ends. On the third day morning, he rose again. Is there anybody here know that he rose again? Anybody in here know that he died for you? Anybody here glad that he saved your soul? Anybody in here glad that he made you whole? If you're glad that he saved your soul, you don't mind, tell somebody, I'm glad that he saved my soul. Not only that, but I'm glad not only did he save my soul, but he made me whole. Is there anybody in the room know the Lord made you whole? Is there anybody in the room can say, God, heal me when I was sick? Is there anybody here in the room that can say he's a friend? when i'm friendless is there anybody here in the room love my jesus anybody here in the room love the lord if you love jesus you ought to be able to say yes if you love the lord you ought to be able to say thank you jesus if he done anything for you you ought to be able to say glory to god i don't know about you but i made up in my mind yes sir lord to stay on the battlefield for the lord i promise him that i will serve him until i die